Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I did not do the show on Tuesday, so I decided, along with my niece, that we'll do it today on Thursday, as we have a very interesting topic that we want to discuss. So if you are out there and you want to join in on the conversation, please feel free to do so. Hey, Vinny, I see you out there. Please feel free to do so. I'm trying to get in touch with her because I'm like, I hope she don't leave me hanging and forget to call in. So let me ask her if she's ready because um, this was her topic. I'm going to like keep going off on me. So let me give her the, the number. Again, if you want to call in and join us on the show, Give us a call at 516-316-387-1914. And, you know, and it's sad because I've been at home all day after my little massage thing because on the show yesterday we talked about body image. And I want to say I did follow through and I did go get my my little arm's done today, and I lost a whole inch, and she do feet, so she did a good job. So I didn't change my clothes today. So I'm still walking around here looking like I'm going to the gym. Yes, I haven't been yet, but I have been drinking my water, so I hope in the middle of the show I don't have to go use the bathroom and that dog needs to be quiet. So today's show is entitled High School Sweetheart. Now, with the end of school comes the transition either into adulthood, and yet many individuals have, are in graduating from college. No, she didn't just say, one second, I'll be clocking out in like 15 or 20 minutes. She told me 3 o'clock. <laughs> you know, okay, I'm just going to keep it pushing. All right. So many individuals are transitioning, and the question is, as we've entered into adulthood, and with the summer being the time of year where most couples be close to don't want to stand up. Okay, my dog don't want to shut up. People don't want to cooperate right now. And with the summer actually being the time of year where most individuals get married or, you know, all these different things are going on, and some individuals are experiencing a great deal of anxiety. Now, I want to talk about that anxiety because relationship anxiety is real, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about because relationship anxiety can affect any one and every body. However, if you had this high school sweetheart, your first love, the person that you thought you were going to be with, be your baby daddy or be your boo for the rest of your life, what did you stay together and marry? I know some of my Facebook friends, I see that, you know, many married their middle school sweetheart, high school sweetheart, college sweetheart. Some individuals may have grown apart. Some individuals are still looking for that person because I've had that happen to me where I get phone calls or people find me on Facebook or, you know, Instagram, Twitter. I'm like, really, after all these years, really? You know, so 
my question is, how did you do? Are you still with that person? Did you grow apart? And what were some of the things that you may have had to go through in order to stay together? Because there's a difference when living in your parents' home and being provided for by your parents versus now you are an adult and you now have to become the breadwinner or you're providing for your wife or your husband and your children. What happened? And we're going to be talking about some of the challenges that individuals face, how growing up they change, people change, things happen. And even so, I know some individuals that started off as high school sweethearts, married, and I did a show about some of my friends that have married their high school sweethearts. Their spouses may have transitioned. And that is hard for them, especially if they've been together for so many years. Now, I myself, I did the same thing. I married the guy that I had started dating in middle school. We went to prom together. We did all that together. We married 33 years later. And I'll say that was the worst marriage I ever had. <laughs> because God, may he rest in peace. But I thought we had so much in common only to learn that sometimes individuals may still have that same high school mentality where the other person may have matured, grown up, do things different, desires have changed, people can change. So when we start talking about these compatibilities and being compatible, are you still compatible with your high school sweetheart as you transition from high school to college to adulthood, so now you may be in your 40s or your 50s. Now my experience is even more interesting because the person now, I've been knowing since I was 13 years old. I'm like, really? You came back 35 years later? Really? (laughs) So life is interesting. So I'm still waiting on my niece because this was her topic, and I changed the time specifically because she said that she would be available at 3 o'clock. Now to tell me she got 15, 20 minutes. So now I'm sitting up here trying to do the show. The light keeps going off and on, on my ring light. I don't know what's going on. So open that ghost in the house. So I want to share some information with you. And I spoke a little bit about relationship anxiety. And I know that a lot of parents are concerned about their their high school student that's graduated or their young adult and what they're going to do. And, you know, and the parents, sometimes people don't want to hear what their parents have to say. Now, I can say from my experience with my parents, my mother and father met when they were teenagers. My mother, I believe, was 14. My father was older, a little older. They got married at a young age. My mother was like 16, and she got married and wasn't supposed to get married, but she did. Her and my father maintained a friendship that was very interesting because even though the two of them were toxic towards each other, they still was each other's best friend. So they had an understanding of each other. And I think that was kind of what I learned as a young adult is to learn how to be somebody's friend and learn how to, even if you can't be married or coexist, how to be able to be civil with one another 
And I found that to be very, very important. Now, when I was talking about relationship anxiety, now relationship anxiety actually describes someone's anxiety towards a romantic partner or either a family member, even if it's a platonic relationship. Though it's not a formal diagnosis, individuals may look for ways to keep the other person close or by clinging on to them because they don't want to lose them. And that's where I was talking about where parents are concerned, where their daughter may have been a straight-A student and the boyfriend may have been a – the daughter may be going to college. The boyfriend ain't thinking about college. He may want to go to trade school. So what happens with these relationships? Do they grow apart? Do they wait for one another, hook up together later on in life, or do they just try to wing it? You know, there's been movies made about things of that nature. Hi, Mary Jo. I missed you, my therapist and sister. So a lot of things happen. So i got a caller on the line right now, so let me log on this person. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments, Block Talk Radio, number NNS74. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Thank you, Rara. Because I'm like, no, she didn't tell me three o'clock, and I'm sitting up here, and I got to keep talking, 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 talking. <laughs> and I'm sitting up here playing with the light. My lighting is going out on me. I'm like, really, really, ring light. Really, you want to watch this? Okay. So, <laughs> this is one of those days. You know, I am proud of you, and I tell you this all the time. And <laughs> now that you are a young adult. You know I still treat you like you're a kid, right? Yes, and yes, I do. You ain't going to never get old to me. You are still a little kid. I, I still remember <laughs> when, when I – you did something one time as a kid, and I told your mom to ask you a question. She said, I did. She told me it was none of my business. I said, what the hell she mean ain't none of your business? <laughs> <laughs> it is your business. She only 10 years old. She ain't got no business. Mm-hmm. So even talking about this topic with high school sweethearts and first love, it's interesting because I'm not used to my nieces and nephews with boyfriends, girlfriends, stuff like that. That's strange for me, okay? So I just want you to know that. Now, but with this comes the relationship anxiety, how some individuals have anxiety as it relates to their relationship because um, I like listening to R.C. Blake, and R.C. Blake has this analogy where he said a Ph.D. woman with a GED man. I remember when mm. Byron and I were teenagers, my mother used to say, Jeanette, there's a jail for you, and there's a jail for him. Now, I didn't know he was going to go to jail, but, you know, things happened. But my mother knew some things that I didn't know because I thought, we would be able, I thought we were thicker than thieves. He understood me. We, you know, known each other since we were 14 years old. Things was going to be great. Now the person is that I'm with, I've been known since I was 13 years old, and we still be, like, ready to battle. So when we talk mm. about these high school arts, what made you want to talk about this topic, Raisa? Well, honestly, I was just kind of seeking guidance. I feel like um, from, you know, me being young and, and kind of like, you know, finding myself and, and what kind of, you know, partner I want to be in a romantic relationship, but also just from my peers. You know, I've seen a lot of people around me kind of struggle to either maintain relationships that they were able to acquire during high school, um, 
you know, or they're trying to, to make their way back to the person that they once fell in love with in high school. I've seen a lot of people in my age group kind of be stuck in like this cycle of they're trying to either find this person in a new person or they're trying to work out what they once had with that person, regardless of whether it's healthy for them or not. So I really was mm-hmm. kind of like looking to get your feedback on that perspective. <laughs> and you know what, Robert, I had to get my water because I did the, I did the, the thing today from the body shaping, and she told me if I don't drink a lot of okay. water, I'm feel dehydrated. Oof, Lord, I done lost an inch off my arm. And I'm just tired of going to the bathroom. <laughs> I saw your video of you doing a little Zumba thing. I was like, okay, I see you working it. That was a long time ago. That was a couple of years ago. But I got to get back into Zumba. I said I got to get my sexy back. But you know what, I'm <laughs> That is interesting because I've experienced that practically all my life, all of my life. Right. And now it's coming back to haunt me, and it haunts me because, you know, I may have been their desire, or I put them in what you call a friend zone to mm. 40, but like 20, 30, 40 years later, then now they coming back and telling me how they failed, how they, and what I thought was my high school sweetheart, middle school sweetheart, my, I call him my ghost boyfriend because even though I was married, I always thought, well, what if, what if? And then when I did marry him, we were not compatible at all. And I didn't try to hang on to it, but I may have had it in the, not really the back of my mind when I was going through my 20s and 30s, but I just always Mm -hmm. thought that he would be the one that would understand me, would be there for me, that knew me, but he didn't know me at all. And I'm seeing right. that again where I thought, well, with this one, we really hadn't seen each other in, like, 35 years. And now 35 years later, we have more. We have a lot in common as far as communicating sometimes, but sometimes it can be still a challenge because even as a therapist, Rara, I've talked to people that are going through divorce, and I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday because I needed to help with a client, and mm-hmm. he met his wife at 12. They was oh, 12 wow. years old they met, and got married, Had later on had tapped two kids, and now they're going through a divorce living in the same house. It's like water roses around there. And mm. he said some things that were interesting to was like, I don't know if I ever want to get married again or if I get married, I think we need to live in separate houses. So mm. sometimes that drama and what happens, Rara, just like as grown parents don't like to see their kids as an adult, sometimes I think what happened was some of the men in my life still remember me as being 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And I'm 56 years right. old now. I ain't no kid. That right. is a problem. Then we bring I was that, other um, back. Sorry. Sorry, no, go ahead. Said? I was no, going to say, say um, I was at church. church. What was you saying, Mama? I was going to say, I was okay, at Rob. church the other day, um, and the pastor was talking about um, us being, you know, women being a reflection of our partners. 
you know, and so I started thinking about that and kind of trying to apply that to my life, and I, I started to think, you know, a lot of times that maybe, like, our high school sweethearts don't work out because we are reflecting off of each other, that immaturity. You know, we can't expect for a relationship to be sustainable um, or even be one that has a steady foundation to even resort back to um, because it was never really there to begin with. It was based off of, you know, a lot of hormonal intent and things of that nature, so it, it obviously can't be held to be reliable or sustainable. Um, and that was something that hit, that resonated really heavy with me because just like you said, you know, you kind of have like that that repeat cycle of thinking, you know, like what if, what if, what if. Um, and I think it's more like you should just kind of develop and strengthen that self-awareness and reflect on, you know, whether, you know, that was something that was healthy to begin with. You know, what qualities did you enjoy out of it? And maybe even try to get down to the foundation of why you like those qualities. Because a lot of them resort back to mm-hmm. our family and our upbringing. It do. And you know what, brother? We date what's familiar. We date what we know. And right. we look for our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers. It becomes it's a familiarity. It's what happens. Um, I remember Jerome told me, and I never knew this, but he said when we were teenagers, my mother asked him, what is your intention with my daughter? So my mother wanted to know, what are your intentions? I never knew she asked him that. To where there are things that I know now that if I would have known a long time ago, I'd be like, uh, I don't know about this right here. But it's still right. familiar because it's still like many of the other men that I've already known. So it's familiar right. to me to where that's how it was with my last marriage. It was familiar, but I didn't want to tolerate that because I saw right. all that. But my mother thought somebody else would have been that one in this part of my life. Because, see, we go through seasons. And Paula White said it best when she talked about healthy relationships. And she said a relationship is healthy when I can be me to you, we can be us. I can grow you, so we can grow. Now, if the two of you can grow together and establish something, that's a beautiful thing. But you've got to be able to ride the roller coaster. And I remember listening to R.C. Blake one time. He said relationships is like a playground. You got the merry-go-round where you're going in circles. You got the seesaw. You got the swing. You got a lot of individuals are not able to endure those things. Now, you know what, Vicky? Vicky Clark Graham is on here right now. You need to call in because I know you've been married and you've been knowing your husband for many, many years. So I want to know from your perspective, your take on this when we talk about high school cards, first love, first fling, how do you keep that glue together? And it doesn't mean that everything got to be perfect. Sometimes, right, right, we look for perfection. And we don't realize right. I know that I some do. Sure. Mm-hmm, when we're dating people in our community, Sometimes they can be just as broken as we are or what they were, what we thought they had, even if they came from, you know, because people thought with me, Brigitte, and Angel growing up in a home with a single mother, they always thought we were going to be like our mother. Now, we have some of her her traits and qualities. I cannot deny that. And the good Mm -hmm. as well as the bad. But by by that same token, 
a lot of men were afraid of us as when they were growing up because they knew my mother didn't play. And now they're right. seeing this, but we've grown in some ways, but in some ways we became fixated. And we still started dating the same type of men she dated, even though we despised it. It really makes no sense. But getting back to what you're saying, if it's somebody that you can grow with that person and you can build with that person, that's a wonderful thing. But during that time, right. you don't come with age. And that's where right. the anxiety takes Right. I definitely have learned that, you know, you, you have to determine whether you can grow with someone. I think the hardest part is kind of recognizing, you know, in, in my age, what qualities about an individual can get better, you know, because I feel like I, I was talking to one of my close friends the other day, um, and she has children. She has two, two boys at our age, and um, she was talking about, you know, her significant other. She was like, you know, is this something that I can tolerate for forever? You know, is this ever going to change? Is this ever going to get better? Um, and I think that it, it gets harder and harder the deeper you get into the relationship to come to the conclusion of, you know, whether I'm able to tolerate this or not. So it, it's kind of hard because you have to think about, you know, you want to protect your own feelings. You know, you don't want to keep getting so deeply emotionally invested, but you also want to give the relationship a chance. So it's kind of like how do you how do you gauge what's appropriate, what's not you know emotionally or psychologically taxing, and what is actually beneficial for you guys to grow as a further unit. This is one of the things that I teach teenagers. I try to have teenagers not date because dating are dating with a purpose. Young men date differently from young girls. Young girls are looking right. for stability, husband, protection. You know, at least that's what some young women were taught. Young boys, we call them young, dumb, and to the country. They just trying to score in most cases. You know, like Jerome said, what was I supposed to tell your mom she asked me that question? You know, because you know, he was a teenager. He didn't know. How can he appropriately answer that question? Where my mother, when she passed away in her 40s, I mean, in her 50s when she passed and I was in my 40s, her thing was, Jeanette, I need you to be with somebody that's going to help you grow. I need for you to be with somebody that looks good with you, the good together, but you can grow together. But the person that she thought was the person that I was like, oh, heck no. That's all that you got. I'm not dealing with that. Yeah. See, you know what? I've never tried that. I've never thought about allowing for my mom to pick someone for me. And I, I actually would trust her input on that. Um, I think my mom has always been really, really supportive in who I date because I, I know for me, like, I, I hold really high standards. At least I'm holding them higher now um, than even I used to. But I, I, I definitely have never thought of allowing for my parents to pick a significant other for me. I kind of just base it off of, you know, like my own upbringing and maybe qualities that I feel like would, you know, lead to a sustainable relationship. I've tried to apply to people that I find interesting. Um, but I, I've never thought about that. That's actually interesting. Well, the thing is, back in the day, there were gunshot weddings. Back in the day, people were there were arranged marriages, and the people didn't get a chance to know each other. And parents were doing that. They're not doing that anymore. But by the same token, your parents are going to pick up on stuff you're not going to pick up on. Just like the kids right. pick up on stuff. Tish is one. She's a hound dog. You know, when I people come around me, she's like, mm 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 mm. Reggie don't care. Mm. Reggie got getting something. You know, he cool with it. 
But Tisha's like, mm-mm, she's looking at the big picture. What's your plans? What's your, you know, what do you plan on doing? And that is a good thing. When I was thinking about what you said, I remember um, my co-therapist, Dr. Romaine, she used to say, are they teachable and coachable? When I was younger, I had very little patience and very little tolerance for BS. I didn't know right. what you're supposed to do if your significant other step out on a relationship and have affairs. I didn't know that, you know, if a person is having an affair, it could be a learned behavior and it'll have nothing to do with you. You could be the best of the best of the best, and that's still not going to stop that person from going outside the marriage, especially if they saw it in their home. There's a difference between trauma and baggage. Sometimes mm. people may have brought in and sometimes people may have experienced trauma. So there's a lot of right. things that have happened to people in our community or we went to school with that we overlooked because we didn't think that it could be detrimental later on in life. You know, when you're looking at um, right. risk factors, have they been abused? Were the parents on drugs? Alcoholic? Were they molested? Were, see, these are some of the things that can come back and haunt you later in life that we didn't pay any attention to. Now that I'm older, I know better now. When I was a, yeah. in high school, thinking about all of that, I mean, I'm, the guy in Mississippi shot his stepfather. Should be dating somebody that shoots their stepfather, you know. But I'm thinking, oh, I'm used to this. You know, these are the type of guys my mom dated. No, that's not healthy. You know, when you start looking at domestic violence, if you're experiencing domestic violence as a teenager, that stuff is not going to end just because you become an adult. Now, and I'm not saying that people cannot change. I'm not saying that because there are some individuals that when they were a teenager, they were young, they were wild, they were experimenting, they were doing all type of things. They may have right. mistreated women and some things. And then later in their adult life, they may be a different person now. And you may run back. Right. That's that actually interesting that you mentioned trauma because um, I, I just had to figure that out the hard way. I just had to learn about whether these were qualities that were going to, like like I said, change overnight or even within a week or a couple of months, or whether mm-hmm. these were deeply rooted traumas and experiences that this individual had to overcome and possibly even needed to seek mental health advice about it. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that was a really hard realization for me to go through because I never thought about that, you know, because – you know, I feel like all of us experience trauma. You know, just a baby being left alone is a traumatic experience for that baby. You know, but we don't realize the impact that it holds on us as we develop and we continue to grow. And I think that that's really important to take into consideration. Um, and I, I definitely never did up until recently. Like, I was like, wow, okay, like, I do need to actually look at, you know, whether this, indivi- this individual had a good relationship with their parents. And if not, what was, what was that like even still? Yeah, because the thing is this, this is where it becomes a problem in your adult life because I tell individuals, I can work with baggage, but I can't fix trauma. you got to get through the trauma. And Victoria said it takes a lot of prayer and forgiveness from it. You know what? You're right. And I was going to talk about forgiveness. When individuals have transitioned and they met in high school or middle school and now they're still together, you have to learn how to forgive. And you cannot keep 
score and going tip for tat. Because if you're not willing to forgive, and it doesn't mean forget, but if you're not willing to forgive, that's going to create problems because you're still going to be holding on to that fear and that anxiety. But forgiveness is huge because, like I said, some individuals have to go through the multiple affairs. They have to go through their spouse being on drugs. They have to go through, the, you know, depression, mental health issues. There's a lot of things that couples go through. So you want to make sure you with someone that is a lifetime partner and not a person with, like they say, sometimes we get seasonal people mixed up with, with lifetime expectations. And that's where I messed up. I thought my last husband had lifetime expectations. He may have been mm. there, been supportive, but he had his own arterial motive. And once I right. saw the character, I was like, I can't deal with this. This is dangerous. Either right. I'm going up in jail or he gonna, we didn't even fight. We didn't fight. Right. We didn't argue. We didn't none of that. But the character was too familiar. It's like with a right. father. Somebody with Reggie Father's personality, mm-hmm, I ain't messing with that. I know better. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I just had to talk to um, my ex, actually, about him making peace with some of the things that he's dealt with. And I was telling him how I've been able to make peace with a lot of things that I've dealt with in my childhood. Um, and I actually started to forget about them, you know. And, and I, I told him how empowering and how freeing it can be to make peace with, you know, your, your past trauma um, and not holding it around, like you said, it's like baggage or anything. Um, yeah, I had, to, I had to really think about that myself. Forgiveness, brother, is a gift that you give yourself, forgiveness. Even if you didn't have the parents that you wanted, even if you didn't have the lifestyle that you wanted, you know, a lot of times, like you said, once we – we get older and we transition out of our parents' home, that's when we start finding ourselves. That's when we start learning a lot about ourselves. So you cannot learn about you and not expect the other person to be different too. You may have fell in love with or you thought you was in love because love means different things to different people. It was so funny the other day, um, Jerome called me and asked me if I wanted something from McDonald's. And I said, yeah, give me a quarter pounder because Big Mac's been looking real dry right about now. So when he brought me, when he brought the food, I went to the door like, hey, I'm being all nice and affectionate. He looked at me like, what the heck wrong with you? I said, back in the day, I did a whole lot for a Big Mac. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, I remember at 14, I wanted a Big Mac. Byron had to go borrow money from his mom to go buy me a Big Mac, and he said he had to wash dishes for a whole month for the five dollars to pay for my my Big Mac meal. You know, so these are things that sometimes you are reminded of these things. But and and sometimes what I like too, it's the little things that matter. It's the little thing that matters. So we start talking about. You know, how we are, or you're and you're going to have to interact with a person that is on your level and is not intimidated by your growth. <laughs> that is That is one of the biggest challenges that I know that happens with individuals when they're growing apart. 
They become intimidated by the other person's success, cation, finances, and they don't look at it as a we. They look at it as an I or a them. What is your take on that, Raisa? Hold on, one second. So, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Let's say, for an example, you're in school, you're in high school. Like I said, the straight-A student, the D student. Straight-A student want to go to college. In high school, it was great. You're the cheerleader, he's a football player, or he's a, a star athlete. He got all this stuff going on, or you're in college. Now, those years are over. Now it's time to be responsible. Now it's time to be held accountable. Now it's time you thinking about having children. You're doing all of these things. Does that person have what it takes for you guys to go to the next chapter? Or are they intimidated by who you are or who you have become? I experienced that. You know, knowing someone since 14 and then they come into my life and I'm in my 50s, and here I am, educated, got businesses, got homes, got all this going on. They don't know where they fit in. And sometimes that can create a problem depending on the person. Now, if the person is secure with who they are and the person is secure with where they're going, then you're able to take what you have together and complement each other. You're growing together. And if you feel straggling or falling or going astray, you should be able to go to that person and let them know without them taking it personal. And and I want to say right. this. Right. I want to. Yeah. I want to say this. Part of, part of the transition from high school sweetheart to this lifelong commitment you got to be able to remain friends. Yeah. If you're not Yeah, and you know what? Friends. That's something I, I had to think about was I, um, I I was reflecting on that, and I was wondering if it's even really possible to be friends with your, your ex um, because I feel like there's always going to be that level of, you know, like somebody, I feel like always someone has an ulterior motive. You know, you both have to be, like, on the same page that, a friendship is what you're really trying to develop. I've been able to see from influential women in my own family, you know, my mom, like I don't know a single woman in my family who does not have a positive relationship with the father of her children. So in my mind, I do think that it is possible to be friends with your significant other and for it to be, you know, mutual and for it to be just cordial and nothing romantic. However, I have Mm -hmm. not encountered that same thing from other people. I, I don't know a single a single friend or any I like I, I don't I have not been able to see it in everyday life. So it's almost caused me to think that maybe the women in my family are just a special breed and y'all just crazy enough to be able to make it work. Um but it's definitely something that I, I recognize is important. Is being able to be you know on the what? same page as you you can be a friend. You know what? We learned that from because I know you was young when my mom passed, and Carter was at the funeral, and he always called Gene Reese. And they met at, like, Gene was 14. I think he was, like, 16, 17, something like that. And they stayed friends for years. No matter what, we had 
we always either had Mr. Hollyfield here, Clifford here, Fish here, Carter here. They never fought each other. They always got along. We learned that that was a lot Now, some men don't like being around other men because they think in the back of their head, you still want to get with my woman, don't be trying to think. Right. So it depends on the person. It depends on that person. But I, and that, I also look at it in my perspective, and I'm a little selfish. I don't really want to see the person that I felt like I should have been happy with happy with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if you're able to make it work with her, why weren't you able to make it work with me? Okay, and that's a big, that's huge, Rara. And I'm going to tell you, that is something that many individuals deal with and experience when they, like you said, somebody they met in high school, somebody they met in college, and and now this person has moved on because social media is huge. People are finding people through social media. Robert, you got the call back, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, people are finding individuals. And people don't fall in love with everybody. They don't. The appetite change. You know, I was sharing, I was talking to one of my old friends the other day, and um, Coffee and I have been knowing each other for years. I mean, look. Robert, I'm so old. I got friends that I've known since for 50 years. Okay, so I, I got friends I've known for 50 years. And he brought up a guy, and I'm gonna use the last name, and I go say his first name. But he brought up a guy, the Emmanuel family. Now, Emmanuel was my first, first like boyfriend, boyfriend. He was before Byron. Now, he's wow. still married to a person that he went to high school with. They're still. But he was hurt by my behavior, and I didn't do it on purpose. Now, I always thought that would have been my husband, have my kids by, my. that's what I thought. Now, I'm happy that he's happy with his relationship. If he's happy, I don't know. I still talk nieces or still talk to his sisters from time to time because we maintain the relationship. But I don't get into his marriage because that's not uh, I've been the type right. that if you're not happy with me, if I'm not the one for you, I don't want to see you unhappy. So I'm not going to get in the middle of nobody's way because I wouldn't want nobody to get right. in my way. So right. will you learn how to celebrate other people's success and other people's happiness, yours will come too. Because you don't want to be the one going down and say, if anyone here has something to speak now in favor of their peace, you don't want to have a trail of people talking about, oh, hell no, she ain't going to marry him. You don't want that. When you decided that you wanted to move on. So sometimes you got to learn how to let people go. you got to let right. it go and be happy for I- them. Not... Why didn't you do the work for me? I'll give you an example of that. I'll give you an example. The person that I'm around now, we hadn't seen each other in 35 The last time I saw that man, I had just had Rick. And I'm wow. trying to make amends with folks and people that I heard because when I got pregnant with Reggie Grissy, like the half of L.A. and Compton was mad at me. Like, what the hell? Really? You know, it really changed who I was, nor did it stop me from pursuing 
the woman that God designed me to be, I still stayed on that path, even though Reggie's father wasn't on the same path as me. We were totally different right. people. And I, one time, <laughs> Reggie said, the man came and said, your mama had no business even speaking to your daddy. They were not, they shouldn't. And he, he was right. He was right. But I was rebelling back then. But the point that I'm trying to make with that is Reggie's father didn't really get in my way. But when I married Byron, he told Reggie, I knew she was going to be with him. I knew because he remembered that time when I was 15, 14 years old. Now, with the person that I went down, he has a past too. Now, the people in his past may wonder, why he don't see her like that? Well, what is he going to do this right. Or what? But we don't have that kind of relationship. There's no need to. And it's not that <gasps> the other person is better or worse than you, Rara. So don't think like right. that. It's there's yeah. someone, everyone. And if that is the I person to, for you. I wanted to comment on what you mentioned earlier about, you know, having difficulty with finding someone who, you know, isn't going to be, like, jealous or intimidated by me. And honestly, I'm encountering that now. Like, I, I'm just really done this point because I don't find it amusing. I don't find it cute. Like, I know most girls will be like, oh, my gosh. Like, no, I think that a man, honestly, I think that he needs to be, you know, challenging himself to to feel confident in, in his accomplishments. Um, I, I never held myself down to, to the standard of my circumstances, and I don't think that anybody else should either. Um, and so I, I feel like in terms of, like, finding a mate that, you know, like, I think you should be challenging one another. I think that it should be, you know, constant growth between the two individuals to come to, like, a mutual happiness and agreement in a relationship. So, therefore, I, I definitely do not want to be with somebody who feels like, you know, I'm, I'm their competition in a negative way. You know, really, I want to be better than my wife because I want us to be stronger together, that kind of aspect of it. Well, some of that, Raisa, again, is a learned behavior, and it's based on fear. It's based on fear. Yeah. I remember, and I shared this, I um, knew a guy, and he got buku money. And he told me one time, I can't because you have two business, five locations. Other. I'm like, you're not supposed to compete with me. You should compliment <gasps> me. I compliment you because behind every good woman, to be a good, strong man, and behind right. every good man is right. a good, woman. And sometimes people right. become envious of their relationship. When you look at Michelle and Barack Obama, they're a power couple, okay? It's right. a power. When you look at um, – I, I, I used to – I got upset with Felicia and, and Amara Shah didn't make it. I'm like, no. But her sister, Betty <laughs> Allen, and her husband, Norman, they're a powerful couple. Because you compliment right. each other. I remember I used to say I thought my marriage, my last marriage was going to be like Ron D and C and his wife. I thought it was going to be the little brat and spoiled. <laughs> and because he couldn't spoil me, it hurt him to where he felt I got to leave you because I don't want right. to take from He felt inadequate. Ooh. And he felt inadequate. And I'm going to tell you something too, Raisa. Sometimes with these high school sweethearts, it can become dangerous. It really can become dangerous. dangerous. Many young women go through 
traumatic and domestic violent incidents at a young age. And sometimes they carry that pain and trauma into other relationships and marriages because when they have bad experiences, they get confused and they don't know how to let some of that stuff go. And that goes for men as well as women because there are some men that have been in toxic relationships as a teenager or a young adult that they carry into their late adulthood, too. That goes both ways. Yeah. You got to make peace with your past. Now, things have changed and time has changed. And, you know, and there's always going to be a giver and or a taker. But if you have someone that don't make as money, much money as you, but let's say they compliment you in ways but they make you happy, you feel good around them, you can engage in intellectual conversations with them, because there's different types of intimacy. We start thinking that we're in love, but we don't know nothing about intimacy. But if you are a person and refuse to be open-minded and grow, and you're not glowing when you're with each other, you need to leave that alone. Leave it alone before it pulls you down. I, I tried to ask. I tried to ask my ex significant, um, my significant other. I tried to ask him, you know, like what his his love language was, and he was like, I straight up have never heard of that. And I, <laughs> I, I like come towards the end of our relationship. I asked him, I was like, you know, what is it like to be with me? You know, what is it like to date me? Because I look at every situation as a learning opportunity. You know, me and my ex did mm-hmm. not end on bad terms. We didn't have arguments. It was just kind of like we just came to the understanding that we, we had certain needs that just weren't being met with within our relationship, yeah. and it just was best for us to be apart. Um, and he didn't even know how to, like, answer that question. So I think that, like, self-awareness is, is so important. I told myself I will never be with somebody else who does not have self-awareness. Um, and it, I feel like I have, like, an unusual amount of self-awareness, but I just feel like everybody should just have, you know, a basic understanding of at least their love language and the expectations that they have to receive love, you know? Correct. Well, this is the thing, Raisa. As a therapist, because I'm a therapist, a marriage family therapist is my degree is in counseling psychology, I get it's good and it's bad. It's good because I know these things. It's bad because it gets thrown up in my face. And I'm supposed to have a perfect relationship. Uh, well, it's to have a perfect relationship with perfect person, and people are not perfect, okay? Now, I didn't know right. anything about love languages before, but I know it as a therapist. Now, you should know your love language as well as the love language of your partner. So what I right. would do, and this is what I used to do, when I would find articles or quizzes or the, like the 16 free personality tests, I would send it to my significant other and say, hey, take this quiz. Hey, I found this article. I would look at it as a way that we could both learn from it. Now, if that person would be like, I don't want to see this stuff, why should it be this? I'm not your client. Then I know, mm-mm, this ain't going to go nowhere. Right. But if I send it right. and he says, well, babe, I don't know nothing about the love language. Okay, here's benefit quiz. You answer 10 questions. And it's going to tell me whether you are a word of affirmation, act of service, physical right. touch, you know. And then that way we can learn and we can grow from that because when I take the quiz, 
this person's going to know my love language. When they take the quiz, I'm going to know theirs. And then we go from there. Right. You've got to teach others. That's how you grow. Right. It's like with intimacy. There's physical intimacy. I want, I like intellectual intimacy. Don't just touch me. You ain't got to just, hey, man, let's talk. Let's see what you got in your yep. head. Let's stimulate me that right. way. So some of right. are recreational intimacy. You know, so there's different types. So also, right, you said learning about defense mechanisms. You got to know when your part, partner or spouse is becoming defensive. You know, but we'll say, oh, you're so defensive. That's not normally in a negative cognitation. But I used to get a case right. of laughing. Why are you laughing? The other person tell me, and he knew me because we were 14. He tried to date me in my 40s. I didn't even know who the heck he was when I ran into him, but he knew who I was because he had this question on me ever since middle school, and I didn't know. But he said to me, so he told me some things about myself, and it helped me to gain a better understanding of who I was back then and how I am now. He said I laughed at him with me, and I had to let him know that's my defense mechanism. I laugh. So I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing to calm myself down. One of the things that we find in relationships is projection. People will project their things to you or regression where they go back to the childlike state. So if you don't understand defense mechanism, you'll say, well, why are you in denial? Why are you so defensive? And then that leads conflict, and you also have to be able to develop conflict resolution skills. You may not solve an issue, but you can resolve an issue. It's like today. I received that. I definitely believe that. When he called me today, I said, I am upset with you. And he was like, well, you ain't called me all day. I know I didn't call you all day because I was upset. I don't want to talk. And part of it was I didn't want to talk to other people. Demeanor last night. I ain't got time for this. You, but he remembered something. He knew what he said. But what I said is, when a person is under the influence, a drunk speaks a sober mind. So I'm not one to let people do things as an excuse. You said what you wanted to right. say. I may not have responded the way you were used to being responded to. Because I know that. Well, I don't think that's fair all the time, I see, because I feel like, one, people can say, they say things. Well, they, I, I completely agree with you. I do believe a drug mind is a sober mind. I definitely have come to learn that. But I also think that your your emotions, even in that moment, make a big impact on, you know, how you're able to articulate your feelings. Um because, like you said, well, one, I wanted to mention that, you know, my, my own defense mechanism is I kind of shut down. So I've had intimate partners in the past, like, you know what, you don't argue. You know, you don't, you don't show that you care enough. Because for me, I want to hear what you're saying. I want to listen to the words that you're communicating to me, and I want to process that before I just respond. You know, and I, I recognize that that is not, you know, compatible with everybody. Some people really do like a passionate person that's going to be like, well, no, no. And I'm not 
I don't I don't argue. I don't really do that. I need a second to process what I'm going to say, and then I'll get back to you. Um, and so I definitely have just mentally prepared myself to work on making sure I'm communicating that to people so that way they don't think I'm ignoring them. Because I, I, I even recognize it even in work. You know, I, I have to constantly let people know that, like, I receive what you're saying or I'm hearing you or I'm listening. So that way they know that, like, if I don't give an immediate response of, you know, like, I've, I've processed this conversation and now I have a response to it, that they know that I'm at least, if I'm intending to it, I'm working on it. Um, but I, I definitely think in terms of a relationship, you should be willing sometimes to, even if a person says, oh, you know what, I made a mistake or something, if they're able to own up to it, then I'm willing to forgive. There's, there's no reason for me to hold on to something that, that doesn't suit my happiness. If at the end of the day you said, okay, I said this ignorant comment to you earlier, however, I apologize, I just wasn't in the right state of mind, I will accept that. And I think it's important, too, I had to learn to really learn to let things go. You know, if you really did get upset about something but somebody apologizes and you tell them mm-hmm. that you received the apology, then you have to be willing to really let that go. You can't hold on to it because in their mind, especially for men, they're very black and white. Once you tell them that something is done with, it's done with. And they're, they're not going to be mm-hmm. lingering on it the way that women do oftentimes. Well, because women are emotional creatures, and but some men are very emotional right. too. But that, Baba, is a yep. learned behavior because I have been accused of being emotionally detached because I don't let a lot of things get to me. I really don't. And the reason yeah, I don't is because strong, of my, I my temperament. I know my temperament. So, therefore, if you unleash that bear, you ain't going to be able to put that bear back in no cage. So I try not to right. let the bear come out. Because I know me. So a lot of things, I don't sweat the small things because I saw how my mother was emotional, violent, all these feelings. No, I ain't got time for all of that. No. Especially when people do what they want to do. You be where you at, you at where you be. So I'll tell you this. With my last marriage, and he left, he left. He was gone for six months, and I had to call him because something came to us about his property. He told me he was upset with me because he waited for me to beg him to come back home. Hell to the night. It's going, you're going. You'll be where you're at. I didn't put you out. So even when my friends right. say, well, you know you put him out, well, you know you left him. No, I didn't. He left. Right. So when he wanted to come back, I was like, why should I do that? We get along great the way we live now. No. And I remember my daughter told me one time, Mom, you got a weekend husband, or only when I needed to go somewhere or I needed him to drive somewhere. I would say, hey, can you come in and can you da, da, da. We got along like that for six years. For six years wow. we got along like that. So when things got to the point to where he saw it wasn't working for him, and he became desperate, I couldn't go back because I did not like his character. Now, I don't like the fact that he passed away, but that wasn't my fault. That was his lifestyle. But I lost his strength. And sometimes when we go back and these things happen, you know, and, and I've lost friends, been losing friends since I was in middle school. I've had male friends die, get shot, murder, da 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 da, all of this stuff. But the thing is with that, Rama, is like you say, saying I'm sorry. A lot of times we get tired of hearing I'm sorry, 
When you say you're right. sorry, let it be something that you know you did and you're not going to do it anymore. Then people right. won't the actually keep your Correct. Right. When you apologize, I tell the individuals, I apologize if I've done something to a because that was not my intention. It was not my intention to right. Now, like today, I know I didn't call him, partly because I've been busy and I had stuff to do and my body hurt, but I thought I call. So I wasn't going to apologize for that because that was my intention. But if my intention caused any harm or caused you to feel some kind of way, I will apologize because what I did was wrong, but it ain't like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So once we learn these things and we develop emotional maturity, then we can be okay. But like I said, you got to be able to go this ride together with your high school sweetheart, your college food, and not let it get you to the point to where you're stalking someone, your anxiety is out the way, out, out, out the case, your jealousy is out of control, your, you know, then that's a problem. That is a problem. Oh, yeah, Person no, I definitely don't do the stalking. Stalking is not cute. No. Girl, it ain't cute. I used to be coming home from football games and stuff, and I would hear Reggie's father, Jeanette, Jeanette, I mean, I, I know that tree ain't talking to me. Who the hell behind the tree? Oh, It'd be him. <laughs> hey, girl, honey, I'm the soft side of the name and I'd have been through it. But it made oh, me no. a stronger person. I am the woman that I am because I had no choice. I literally had no choice. But there's still room for growth. And I always connected myself with older women to help teach me when I'm struggling. You know, when I'm getting married, they, they, you need to write your church and say, Jeanette, you know what, you're hot mess right now. Or, you know what, you need to go back and you need to fix that. Or you need to work on that. And you need honest people to help you with it. And if that honest person could be your mate, that's even better. Right. When you two can sit right. there. And I'm going to tell you another key. Mm-hmm. I know Victoria says something about forgiveness. Is you got to learn how to not take things personal. And you've got to give right. people room to make mistakes. You've got to give them room to make yes. mistakes. My last person used to tell me that I, he thought I was judgmental and critical, and I wasn't. I knew he was going to make some mistakes along the way. You know, sometimes I mistakes, which I was wrong for doing, but when they make a mistake, you got to be able to pat them on their head and say, baby, it's okay, I got you. Don't worry about it. And not be right. any worse, because sometimes it's part of your experience and your blessing. What did you learn from that? What lesson did you learn? Now, we only got a minute left in the show, and I have to put the Facebook real thing out, so i got to put that out later. <laughs> How do you know, Rara, and I'm going to ask you from a younger perspective, because like I said, I'm in my 50s, and I've served men that I've been knowing 13, 14, 15, you know, been through all of this stuff that was your soulmate. You don't know if it's a soulmate or a soul tie. Some people don't know about trauma bonds. So how do uh-huh. you classify a high school sweetheart? How do I classify them? I would say, honestly, I would say any significant partner you were able to have at, you know, your adolescent stage of life. Honestly, like, I don't think that you're, you're, um, <clears throat> 
high school sweetheart and this is the person you had for, you know, all four years of high school or, or whatever. I think it could be just the most significant relationship that you had during that period of your life is what I would classify. Because I know there are some people who have dated, you know, like four, you know, four or more people in their high school years. Um, and then if they're able to reunite with one of them, I would classify that person as your high school sweetheart. Absolutely. You know, um, Jerome had sent me this thing, and I had seen it before, and it was talking about Boaz. And it talks about you messing around with Boaz's brother, broke ass, kick your ass, da 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 But now, as we get older, i got to say you that. It is hilarious. But as we get older, we look for people that can grow with us without some stability, that even if, you know, you could compliment each other, we start looking for different things because our ingredients change. And I want to say something else that's really huge is respect. You want someone uh, that respects you. Even if they respected you when you was younger, you want to make sure that they still respect you in your adult life. Right. Respect right. is huge. Communication is huge. You got to be able to communicate with one another. You got to be able to compliment one another. And don't fight in public. Yeah. Yeah, that was that if was you really have... that was a challenge I had to I had to bear was being able to communicate those boundaries with my significant other at the time and for them to respect it because you know they're like well you know you never used to have this boundary with me before so I think that that's definitely important to like keep in mind when you are with a significant other from you know high school or whatever high school sweetheart um, being able to communicate those boundaries and for them to to stay within that and to respect that because people will try to continue to play the games with you that they've always been able to get away with, and they'll do that for a lifetime if possible. They may have been able to get away with other women or other young ladies because, like a person asked me the other day, Jeanette, um, should I lower my standards? No. You don't have to lower your standards, but you just got to remember that people are not perfect, neither are you. So, therefore, when your standards are you setting your boundaries, if this is what you like, if you like vanilla ice cream, that don't mean you got to eat chocolate. Just because. Right. So find out who you are and have someone that's going to help you become the woman that you are, the woman that is meant for God for you to become, and then you'll be okay. But if you got somebody holding right. you back, don't do this, don't do that, and da 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 no, you don't need that because there's no room for growth. Right. And also, you've got to learn how to tell people, I appreciate you. I appreciate you mm-hmm. for the big things. Well, it's a small thing. I appreciate you. So those are some of the things, Rara, these are some of the skills and the tools that many individuals are lacking. You got to go back to the basic. No one taught people these things. And then we start struggling. If I knew some of the things that I know now, if I would have known it then, my life would probably Mm -hmm. be different. Maybe Uh I would be with the same that I thought I would have been with when I was a teenager. You know, maybe, who knows? But hurt people hurt people. And so when we talk about these individuals that we're in high school and we're dealing with our mess and they got their mess and we're overlooking and we're minimizing, we got to grow up. And we got to remember everybody for you. And it's not a bad thing if you got to tell some people no. And set boundaries. Right. Doesn't mean rejecting them, 
They just can't. I put it to you like this, Rabbi. When kids are kids, we got this little red wagon. And we love to put all our friends in that red wagon and drag that wagon down the street. <laughs> wagon to tip over. Everybody ain't meant to ride in your wagon. Right. <laughs> that popped in my head. <laughs> Everybody cannot fit in your wagon. So, therefore, right. you got to know. Hey, see you later. And it's not a bad thing. Right. Not a bad thing. And celebrate their success. Celebrate their success. And it's funny, as I'm sitting here talking and thinking, I remember after I had Reggie, I think Reggie was three months old when I met John, and Byron got married before me. And when Byron got married, he oh. went to his wedding. I went. I oh, went to Byron's see, wedding. that's the crazy stuff my and, high school sweetheart is on. I don't know if I'm if I'm big enough to do that. I don't know, Auntie. I don't know if I'm big enough to do I that. Went. <laughs> I went, and wow. it's crazy because I went to his wedding, and Reggie's butt doodled on my dress. I had doodle on my dress. I'm sitting there at the wedding, and oh I got <laughs> Reggie pooped on me. And then I get a phone call. Where you at? I'm like, you're supposed to be getting ready for your honeymoon. You, He realized that I was not at the reception. They called me. Wow. I'm like, really? Really? And then we got married 33 wow. years later. Really? You would have oh thought that would have worked. But it didn't. But it didn't. And like I wow. said, may he rest in peace. Oh, he's just probably an angel looking over me. Still probably talking about little mama, why you do this? Little mama? Because he always called me little mama. But I knew he always had my back. <laughs> but I had to accept that when we start talking about these high school sweethearts and first love and it's a fantasy. It doesn't mean that mm. it's not going to work, but it's going to take some work. It's doable. Mm. It's possible if you're willing to do the work. Right. Any yeah. questions before we No, no questions. Yeah. I really appreciate you addressing this topic because I, I felt like I needed to hear it. So I appreciate you. No problem. And I just, I didn't get a chance to look up nothing, get the information. I'm like, we just going to let it do what it do. <laughs> so, again, okay. out there. That's how our family grows, Latif. <laughs> and if you have any topics that you want me to discuss, you can contact me at Jeanette, or I'm sorry, J-A-B-N-E-Y-L-M-S-T at gmail.com or Precious Predicament at gmail.com. Or you can call my office number, 714-992-1677. Part of this is growth, Robert. I do what I do because I enjoy it, and you never know who's listening, and you never know who you may reach. So, like I said, the topic was powerful because there's a lot of parents that are concerned about their kids going to college and being afraid to leave their high school boyfriend or girlfriend and the emotional toll that is taken on individuals in regards to anxiety and depression and what they call secure attachment, avoiding detachment, mm-hmm. and some individuals have separation anxiety. So this was a very interesting topic to talk about because some individuals struggle with that. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, thank I appreciate you. you joining thank you for me. having me on the show. No problem. And you have a safe 4th of July. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.